to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, as you know, I've been talking about how to divorce-proof your marriage, and then I started talking about the Great Awakening, and then I started talking about how to prepare for the Great Wealth Transfer which I am going to continue talking about that, but I received a deep revelatory word that I want to share with everyone before we get back into how to prepare for the great wealth transfer. For me, I have really um, been trying to have a deeper understanding, uh, a knowledge of how exactly do we extract the blessings and promises of God from the spiritual realm, the parent realm, to the physical realm? And of course, the one of the key ingredients is faith, and the other key ingredient is grace. Grace is God the Father has already provided everything we need. He's already preemptively um, looked at our lives and saw what we needed and has provided for it. And it's in the spiritual realm. And in order to extract that, those blessings, that grace into the physical realm, you must have something called the supernatural faith of Christ, of Christ Jesus. And, um, you know, and this is where we get into where some people um, they they believe in Christ Jesus, but there's a big difference between I in and O of, right? So there are some spiritual, eternal principles that uh, enable us to extract from grace, from the spiritual realm into the natural realm, this physical realm that we're in. The realm where you see and taste and smell and touch and hear, right? The five senses. And the instrument is the supernatural faith of Christ Jesus. So how do you get the supernatural faith of Christ Jesus? You, God sends someone. He sends a prophet. He sends a pastor. He sends an evangelist. He sends an apostle. He sends a pastor. He sends a teacher, the fivefold ministry. He sends someone. You hear. And faith, this one of the spiritual eternal principles is faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith is the currency of the spiritual realm. Just like money, gold and silver is the currency in the physical realm. So when we hear the word, and our heart is prepared to receive the word, our spiritual hearts, then there's a spiritual, a supernatural impartation of the faith of Christ Jesus, which enables us to say, yes, I received your blood, Lord Christ Jesus, for the forgiveness of my sins. And I'm, I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. So that happens. Well, most Christians are okay with that and you know, they're saved. They, they have the confidence that they have received, um, the faith of Christ Jesus and received salvation. And, but most Christians, that's where they stop. There's, with that same faith of Christ Jesus, 
We are enabled to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. We're able to extract the fruits of the Holy Spirit, because these are fruits of the Holy Spirit. This is the personality of the Holy Spirit. This is the personality of Christ Jesus. This is the personality of the Father, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, self-control against such there is no law. So... We're able to extract those those same fruits and also with the faith of Christ Jesus, which is in us, right? So the faith of Christ Jesus is in every believer on planet Earth. But you see them operating on various levels. And so you have the faith of Christ Jesus, and now you can extract the gifts of the Spirit. Those are also attributes of the Holy Spirit, which are also the attributes of Christ Jesus and the attributes of the Father, because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. So that's the the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith. This is a different kind of faith. This is a supernatural faith. Right, The gift of miracles, the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discernment of spirits, the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Right. So. So this faith of Christ Jesus is powerful and it enables us to raise people from the dead. It enables us to speak to weather speak to hurricanes which is you know one trying to come to in our vicinity now and command it to go back into the sea um speak to um all sorts of you know entities and and people and 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 they must obey because it's the it's the faith of Christ Jesus right um and so why? My question is, well, why aren't we seeing the manifestation from the spiritual realm, which is the parent realm, into the physical realm? And we, we know that we have some Christians that are walking in the full manifestation of these gifts, and, and, but a good majority of Christians do not. So there's a disconnect. There's something that's not right. And that's what the Holy Spirit opened up my mind and opened up my heart and and revealed to me what the issue was and why there was no manifestation of His power, why there was no manifestation of signs and wonders and the things of God. Why were Christians not walking in the fruit of the Spirit? Why were Christians not walking in the gift of the Spirit? Right? And so um, I was reflecting on this and God showed me that number one faith is voice activated right so we got faith that's voice activated what do you mean by that Dr. Davis I mean you have to speak it but not only speak it but it has to be from the heart and you have to believe it so that's why when you say a lot of things nothing comes to pass because it's not in your heart and you really don't believe it but if you speak from the heart something you really believe and it's in alignment with God's holy word, that means it's in the zone of grace. You can't ask for something that's outside of the character of God, outside of the nature of God. You can't ask God, Lord, let me rob a bank, 
right? And have God's blessing on it. That's outside the nature of God. That's outside um, the character of God. No, it has to be something in line with his character, in line with his nature. So once you follow those eternal spiritual precepts, let's say, then you are you are speaking in faith out loud because it's voice activated from the heart and you truly believe it. Then you're going to start seeing a shift and a move. Things are going to happen. Right. And so what else is it? There's something more to it. That's what the Holy Spirit was revealing to me the other day. And that was, OK, the other missing ingredient is the works of faith, not the works of the flesh, but the works of faith. That means corresponding action in line with the word that you believe, that you speak, right? Right? That you received from the word of God. That's in alignment with the character of God. That's in alignment with the nature of God. So this is also where we lose it, including myself, you, you ask God for healing. You're in pain at night. Your leg is throbbing. Your toes are throbbing. Your, your blood pressure's up. And you're still eating pork. And you're still um, eating foods that are not healthy. Lots of sugar, sweets, and things like that. Drinking a lot of sodas and things like that. And and it's it's not a corresponding. Your actions are not corresponding you're asking God to heal you to deliver you and yes he can heal you right then and there deliver you from the pain right then and there but if your corresponding actions don't align with his word you're going to get sick again you're going to get cancer again you're going to get gout again you're going to be in pain again you're going to have a stroke again you're going to have a heart attack we recently just lost a mighty, powerful pastor and prophet of God, a friend of ours, and he just dropped dead. But his eating habits were awful. His wife is on dialysis, and he was taking her three times a week for dialysis, and he was sick himself. And he could not, he could not release the food. And that's a big problem for us. It's a problem for me, Right. And I had come to a decision, a shift in my spirit occurred the other day because I looked at Esau and I looked at Jacob and I was listening to a teaching from T.D. Jakes and it really, you know, folded into um, the teaching of Andrew Womack and, you know, the teaching of my pastor and I was Pastor Steve Dow and I was looking at, I want manifested, the manifested power of God in my life. And there are certain areas of my life that I have great favor and things are happening. But I have other parts of my life that definitely are strongholds. And that's the area of food. I mean, how did we get to where we are today? It was over food, over the fruit in the garden. The first attack that Satan came at Jesus was food on the food level. Turn these these stones into bread, right? Um, it, it, it's, it's interesting. So let's go back to the belly, the birth, and the bowl. 
Rebecca, Isaac's wife, which was the son of Abraham, who received the promise, um, had married Rebecca. Rebecca had twins, and they were fighting in the belly. And God told Rebecca, the elder shall serve the younger, right? And then T.G. Jakes gave a deep revelation on that that I thought was so powerful, and that, you know, we're born, and then we're born again. So the the spiritual us is younger than the natural us, right? Our birthdays are older than the days when we normally receive and accept Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So it really fell in wonderfully with the the elders serving the younger. Our, our flesh must serve our spirit, right? So that was really powerful. I love that. But let's go back to, again, what God was revealing to me, and that was... Am I going to be an Esau or am I going to be a Jacob or Israel, right? Jacob slash Israel. And you, you, they started off fighting, you know, in, in the wound and they went on to um, fight at birth. Jacob tried to grab the heel of Esau. But the real last test, which Esau failed, was the bold test. And the bold test was that, of course, Jacob, Jacob was a, um, a mama's boy. You know, he wanted to be a daddy's boy, but Isaac preferred Esau. He, Esau was red and ruddish and hairy and more manly. And um, Jacob was spending a lot of his time with his mom, learning how to cook and do those kind of things. And Jacob, his heart cried out for his the love of his father, the attention of his father. But his father really... Um, Really, um, you know, liked, he loved Jacob too, but he liked Esau more. So Esau's out there, you know, um, hunting. His father's about to, you know, um, well, Esau's out there um, hunting and he's coming in. And of course, Jacob's cooking, which is his gift. And he's in there making this reddish stew, which is very interesting, you know, Esau's red and the stew is red. And Esau, you know, is very hungry and he says, Brother, you know, give me some of that stew. I'm I'm famished. I'm just starving. And Jacob, his brother, instead of saying, Okay, brother, you know, here's here's the stew. No, Jacob is very cunning. And Jacob says, Give me your birthright. Well, birthright back in those days meant that the firstborn got two thirds of the inheritance and the younger siblings got one third and they had to split it all up. So two thirds of the inheritance went to the eldest. And so Jacob said, Sell me your birthright. And guess, and then get, and Esau said, What good is the birthright if I'm starving and dead and I haven't had any food? I mean, really, Esau, you couldn't just fast that day. I mean, that's your birthright. So it showed how little um, Esau valued the eternal things, the important things, the spiritual things. And he valued more the fleshly things, the things of this, what, physical realm, right? And so he gave it. He said, okay, you can have it. But Esau really didn't give it because he knew his dad liked him and he knew that his dad was going to give him the birthright anyway. So, you know, he, you know, 
I think in this, in Esau's mind, he thought that he was going to be able to, you know, get one on Jacob too, because, you know, he, Isaac is, he was the favorite of Isaac and he knew his dad's going to give him the birthright. So what happens? Esau, Isaac is about to give the blessing to Esau. Rebecca, the mother, overheard. Um, and she remembered the word that God has said about the elder will serve the younger. And that's, and Jacob was her favorite. And, um, for reasons, you know, Jacob, Esau married outside of God's covenant and caused some strife in the, in the family household. But that's another story in itself. So what happens is Rebecca steps out of bounds, really. It cost her a lot, cost her she never saw Jacob ever again after this, this, um, this fall, but she got her son to deceive her husband, Isaac, his father, and put on, she killed, they killed the goat, they made, um, um, Isaac's favorites, one of Isaac's favorite stew, and, um, and so, and he takes the hair from the, from the goat and puts it on the back of his neck and on his arms, and, you know, cause by this time, Isaac is blind, right? But he can still hear. And so Jacob comes in and says, this is your son, um, Esau. And of course, Jacob smells his clothes because Jacob has on Esau's clothes and he feels his arm and feels the hair of the goat and he feels the back of his neck, the hair of the goat again. So Jacob's deceived. And Jacob gives the blessing, the barak. The blessing of the Lord that makes you rich, enriches you, waxes you rich, waxes you wealthy. <laughs> uh, I mean, he gets the blessing and it is done in faith. It is done out of a heart of belief and it is audible. And corresponding action is he eats the, the stew that Jacob made for him, right? And as he dines sumptuously on the stew, he gives the birthright, two-thirds, the blessing, all of that goes to Jacob. Esau comes into the camp, and he's like, he's having a fit. He said, don't you have a blessing for me, Father, still? And yes, he did, but it was below the blessing that Jacob got. And so that's just the way it is. It, of course, uh um, you know, um, when Isaac um, died, because this was close to his um, his death, you know, um, his, you know, Rebecca knew that Esau would kill him, kill Jacob. So she sent her son to her her brother Laban, who was just as cunning and conniving as Jacob was, and probably Rebecca. That's where she got it from. So off away to the family of her mother's family for a, a long time while Esau tries to get over what had happened. But Esau had given up the birthright for a bowl of stew. And as I come to the revelation for myself, I have the faith of Christ Jesus. I have the Lord God, Holy Spirit. I I will. I am speaking the word of God that I believe in my heart, but now my actions, my corresponding actions, must be in alignment with that. And I'm help. I'm asking for the help of the Holy Spirit to do that. 
So that's a major transition for me. Um, when I think about so many, like I came out of the Roman Catholic faith, I'm non-denominational now pretty much. I'm in a Pentecostal church. And basically, we have a whole group of people that pray silent prayers. So they are basically disqualified or not e- effective in moving in the realm of, of the supernatural by walking in the supernatural faith of Christ Jesus because they don't speak the word. God, Jesus spoke to the fig tree. Jesus says, speak to the mountain, which is a whole nother group of people that go to God with the problem, go to God with the mountain, that go to God as if he hasn't done it, hasn't finished, it's not done already. You know, they're asking God, please heal me. He's already healed you. But you've got to believe it and you've got to speak it. You've got, it's, it's activated by audible, right? So we'll discuss that a little bit more, but I don't want, I want to um, speak just a little bit more about how to prepare for the great wealth transfer. I have been teaching this class and we had our second class this past um, Sunday on the 4th of July. We also had the prayer walk, which was awesome. And um, where we pray for the city of Tallahassee, we pray for the state of Florida, we pray for the nation, the United States of America, and we pray for the world and we pray for the unity of the body of Christ in and through Christ Jesus. So I was basically laying out the foundational roots of how to prepare for the great wealth transfer. And what what we're dealing with is the holy tithe, which is not giving something, it's returning something. And, you know, basically offerings also are included in that, which is separate from the tithe. And tithe are not tithe unless it's first. And I want to share this, and I'm going to share it with um, the class this coming Sunday. And that is, a lot of people say, well, tithe is Old Testament law, and it's not. It's an eternal principle about being first. God wants you to place Him first. God wants you to recognize He is the source of everything. And when you give 10% of your substance, of your increase, you're basically, in God's eyes, you're giving 100%. And so he basically has authority and, and basically the power to influence and to give you favor and to help you in your life's journey, right, when you do that. It's just like when when Peter was fishing all night and didn't catch a single fish and Jesus asked to borrow his boat. Well, once Jesus stepped into Peter's boat, it became, it became under the dominion of God the Father, God the Son and the Lord God Holy Spirit, right? So once that happened and Jesus and Peter permitted to the, the kingdom business to be taken care of, like you say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of the things shall be added unto you. All of the things shall be added if you will seek ye first the kingdom of God. So in that instant, Peter didn't realize it. He was seeking first the kingdom of God. He turned the boat in, over into the to the domain of the kingdom of God. And so when Jesus told him, cast your net on the right, your nets, and he only did one net, should have did more, on the right side, it was 
filled to the point of breaking and he had to call John and the sons of Zebedee had to call them over the sons of thunder had to call them over to load up their butts. So all the partners got the overflow. It was a, a backbreaking harvest of fish. So what is that all about? That's a kingdom eternal principle, right? So when I give my 10%, First, before I pay any bill, before I do anything, God is first. He protects me on my job. He protects my children from getting hurt or killed. He protects me. He protects my life. He is my source, my only source. Right. And this eternal principle began with God himself. Where in, in John 3, 16, when he says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, God tithed Christ Jesus to the world to what? Reap the world. So when you give your 10, God can bless the 100%. Why? Why does God have to do this? God doesn't need our money. He doesn't need it. There's streets of gold. God is over matter. God is over time. God is over space. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need it. The, the gates have, are full of jewels. The currency in heaven is faith. You move at the speed of thought, right? We have fruit trees of all kinds, crystal river. I mean, pure water. I mean, everything is just awesome, right? This is what was supposed to be on planet Earth, but it got a curse because it was intercepted by what? An entity called an angel. His name was Lucifer. And he violated the principle of first. Yes, the principle of first goes all the way back to heaven itself. Lucifer was one of the three archangels. Matter of fact, it is said that he was the most intelligent of all the angels, the most beautiful of all the angels, right? And he was over worship. He was responsible for the worshiping of the one and only true living God, Daddy God, you hey, by hey, right? So what ended up happening was <sighs> Lucifer wanted to be God. He, he, he started coveting the worship of God because all these other angels, one third of the other angels were starting to Oh, you're so wonderful, Lucifer. Oh, that was a wonderful worship service today. Oh, you're just so awesome. And it got to his head. And then he wanted to be the head. And there can only be one. So God dispatched Michael. Because a lot of people think of Lucifer, as Satan, as an enemy of God. Satan is not even on the level of God. God don't deal with Satan. God sends his, his peer, Archangel Michael. To deal with him and he got booted out of heaven down to earth well that was a problem for us because God still wanted a relationship God still wanted a family and so he created mankind but God wants love but the only way you can can have true love is that you have to choose it you have to have a choice you have to have a choice and he chose, the Adams chose wrong because the interloper, Satan, entered into the garden, deceived and bewitched the woman. The man went along with it and we all 
have an accursed earth. The earth got cursed because of the atoms. And that's why we have the offering of the tithe. The tithe must be in place in order for us to have the blessed life and for in order for us to operate the way God had ordained for us to operate from the beginning of time. Um, I'm going to continue this discussion because I want to deal with a lot of these issues that people have with the tithe. And another issue I hear a lot from people, why does the church want, I mean, why does the church want our money? All they want is our money. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Last time I checked, baseball stadium, they want your money. Football stadium, they want your money. Basketball, um, they want your money. The sports industry wants your money. You go to the doctor, they want your money. You go to the dentist, they want your money. You go to the grocery store, they sure will surely want your money. You're not going to walk out with a bag of groceries without paying for them, right? So, what's up with all of a sudden the church needs you to give your tithe and your offerings and support the kingdom business? So, we're going to get into that a little bit later, but I want to close with Romans 10, 9. And that is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Into the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM, Wave 94, Dr. Edith Davis. To be 